0: Oh, We are doing something new. Okay. This is one of the other shows that has popped up on my radar, and I'm excited about it, y'all. Okay. I hope it's really good. So, today we are going to start True Detective. That's right, y'all. Season four, episode one, titled Part One. Yeah. I hope that y'all have been having a wonderful week thus far. We are still snowy, icy where I am, y'all, so (laughs) people just now starting to like try to navigate the roads, but (laughs) I don't know if it's the people that have recently moved here or what, but people just act like they can't drive in the snow. Slow down, y'all, okay? Slow down. You can't even drive when the sun is out shining. Ain't no bad weather. Ain't no uh, bad forecast happening. Slow down, y'all. That's it. Okay, but regardless of where you are, I hope you guys are safe and y'all are good. All right, so without further ado, let's get into the synopsis and then we're going to get right into the episode. So the synopsis for this one is, when eight researchers at Tazlaw Station suddenly disappear, Danvers orders a search, but tempers expectations of finding the men. After handling a workplace dispute and checking in on her sister, Julia Navarro tries to convince a skeptical Danvers that the men's disappearance is connected to the murder of a local activist, Annie talk, a case that has long gone cold. Like I said, y'all. I hope y'all are having a good day. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. So we start the episode off with the location. Y'all, we are in Alaska. We are about 150 miles from the Arctic Circle. And then we get a date, which is December the 17th. Okay, This is the last sunset for the rest of the year as you guys know or you may not know um alaska is is sunless (laughs) for a few months out of the year which is crazy or i believe it's like half a year something like that right they don't see the sun for a long time so this is where we are okay and so as the sun is setting we see this guy he's decked out in his warmest outdoor gear And he's got his shotgun. So he's hunting, y'all, it it looks like reindeer. I mean, we are up there at the Arctic Circle. Where in the hell is Santa? (laughs) Y'all, I'm just playing. But it does look like he's hunting reindeer. So he's got his shotgun out and he's ready to take a shot. But all of a sudden, these reindeer get spooked out of nowhere y'all now i'm not sure what spooks them but either way they take off and they it looks like some of them jump off a cliff y'all i don't know where they went to but they got the hell out of dodge and it definitely wasn't because he was finger ready to shoot them because he was like miles and miles away from them right so they take off and then we don't see what else happens with that instead we get um, a shot of the Tesla Research Center. There's a guy who is uh, walking about. There's a couple of guys there. So I don't really have any backstory for them. I can give you some of their names, but I don't know all of their names. So I know that one of them is named Veer. One of them is named Anton. One of them is named Emerson. And I think the other one is named Clark or something like that. So one guy's looking for his phone. Another guy is watching uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And he's watching that on the TV, eating him some popcorn and drinking a beer. Um, Like I said, the other guy's looking for his phones. Uh, This one older guy is walking around just in his, like, lounge where he's got his robe on. Um, Another guy's doing laundry. Uh, Another guy is in the library reading books. And then another guy is doing, like, some research on a, a chalkboard or a writer board. So um the guy who was searching for his phone eventually found it and it looks like he is actually making some type of dish to uh, post on like a social media page or something like that or maybe like a tiktok and so he makes his video and he's like ta-da and then all of a sudden one of the guys that's in the kitchen with him um he starts shaking and so i was like damn is he having a seizure? But He's shaking like he's having a seizure, but he's still upright. He's standing up. And so after he stops, the guy that was making the video asked him, is he okay? His name is Clark. And so he turns around, and he's like, she's awake. And that's all we see from that, right? So then the next thing we see is this guy rolling up. He's finna get ready to deliver some stuff to them. And it sounds like he got a whole bunch of snacks, y'all. This is the good stuff, okay? Because they deep off in the neck of the the Arctic, right? So he's asking for anybody, somebody, anybody, please come sign my paperwork so I can get the hell out of here. I got other people that I got to go deliver stuff to, okay? And so he starts walking around the facility, calling names, asking for folks. Nobody ever shows up, right? So then... He gets to this particular part where, um, this is more like the common area where most people you would, you would more likely find somebody. And so he ends up dropping his keys by this desk, right? And so when he drops his keys, he reaches down to get them and he sees a tongue, a tongue y'all, a tongue, but there is no body around. Like I said, y'all, this is going to be a really interesting show. I'm curious to see how this one goes. So we find ourselves in like a seafood processing type of factory. And apparently there has been a phone call placed to the police in regards to a domestic dispute that's went on there. So this guy showed up and, or maybe he worked there, I'm not sure. But either way, um, the girl that he was harassing, that he was abusing works at the seafood processing factory so they got into an argument i guess he must have placed his hands on uh old girl and one of her co-workers came to her defense and whacked his <sighs> whacked a metal bucket upside his head and end up breaking old boy's nose right so um the The officer comes, and I don't know her name just yet, but I'll figure it out, y'all. She's going to be one of the main characters. I'm going to get it together, y'all. So she comes because she's the one responding to the call. And all the while, um, the guy that she's walking with, I'm assuming, is going to be the big boss. And so he's telling everybody to get back to work. There's nothing to see here. Um, You know, them crabs ain't going to package themselves up. This, that and the third, right? so they finally get to the area where where all of this done took place and um she finds a boy on the ground and initially he was unresponsive but the girl said that he was just too drunk to move so she stirs the man and he finally does come to her she's like see i told you and so um, we end up hearing the story that I just told y'all, so the girl said that he was abusing her, they had lived together, but he was putting his hands on her, and so she ended up deciding to move out, and she moved in with the co-worker that came to her defense, and so the lady was like, and I didn't even move into another guy's house, so for him to sit up here and be causing all this mayhem, like, this is beyond me, this is ridiculous, so he finally gets up, and when he does, he's calling the girl that popped him upside the head a a bee and all these other bad names and so uh the officer ends up like (laughs) putting her elbow on him and she asked the lady is she gonna press charges she was like hell yeah i'm gonna press charges and so he was like for what because she the one that hit me (laughs) you shouldn't have came up here and started all this mess that's what you're asking maybe you can put your hands on some of them folks behind the clinker okay and see how they see how they defend themselves so um she ends up getting ready to arrest him and um you know he's studying motaka cash money all right so then she gets a phone call as she's arresting him and we don't see what the phone call is pertaining to so then we see an officer who is played by jody foster um again she's gonna be one of the main characters i don't know her name just yet y'all though okay but apparently i know everybody (laughs) else so (laughs) she arrives to uh, the scene where the guys have all disappeared right and so as soon as she comes in we hear shake it up baby shake it up baby twist and shout Y'all know that song, right? That was by the Isley Brothers. Uh, I feel like it might have been somebody who did it maybe before them. Nah, I think the Isley Brothers made that song. So anyway, we hear that on the TV because Ferris Bueller is still performing. Uh, This is the same TV, same movie, all of that. This is a DVD, so I'm assuming it's going to keep running back and forth, y'all. Okay, this must have been the early 2000s when DVDs was popular. So... (laughs) she hurries up and tries to find a way to shut it off and then the the young gentleman officer pete is like yeah we tried everything there's no way that we can turn this off she ends up shaking one of the little display panels loose and um i guess uh she just had the magic touch apparently <laughs> so she she's looking for her glasses um because you know she may need them as a second set of eyes to process the scene <laughs> So, she's talking to Pete and his dad, Hank, is there as well. Now, Hank is also an officer of the law, okay? So, Pete gives them the rundown about how the supply guy had came out to deliver supplies that the guys had ordered a week prior. and, um, And nobody came in response when he showed up. And so, they're just trying to figure out what happened, okay? From the looks of it. From what she observes it looks like somebody literally just went to the bathroom and they never came back okay and so they're trying to figure out you know what's happened apparently this this research place has been up and running for 18 years um through government grants and other sources of income to keep funding this apparently um they were trying to find the origin of life yeah good luck (laughs) and so they believe that uh the origin of life was somewhere in alaska and so they were using this money to dig in a particular area um most of these guys most of the eight guys were um they had degrees in geology biology and uh specialized in like climate change and so i'm gonna give y'all their names their names are anton ralph lee Raymond, who I'm gonna call right Lucas uh, Focondo Veer and Adders Anders so Anders is the one who is responsible for organizing this whole thing okay he's like the founder of this whole research project and the other guys just kinda do research for him so um nobody has gotten in touch or Let me not say they haven't gotten in touch with them. It's been kind of difficult to get in contact with uh, all of these men's loved ones because they came from all different parts of the the world. Okay, so it's going to take a little bit of time. So she starts to process the scene and um, Hank doesn't seem to be in too much of a rush to try to put like all of the search efforts into looking for these guys because he's like okay well what if they just went out sir there are five phones left here uh most of them are dead one of them was found sitting up on the table where i told y'all that guy was making a tiktok and so he was like yeah they probably just went out they, they probably ain't even been gone long so she starts to process the scene and it turns out that they actually have been gone for at least 48 hours because she notices on the table that there is a sandwich now uh i think hank said that the ham looked pretty fresh but when jody flipped the sandwich over she realized that there was mayo on it okay and so the mayo done got real syrupy and she says that it usually takes a couple of days for that to even happen and then not only that but she notices that there were clothes in the washer which started to stink which also takes a couple of days, and then they found this tongue, right? So the tongue that I told y'all the supply guy had found, um, her and Pete analyze it a little bit closer, and she says that there are several uh, repetitive marks on there, like somebody was threading, like a a hunting line or something like that, or like a fishing line to hunt. And so whoever tongue this is, they are a hunter of some sort okay and so um she recalls an incident where there was an auntie that was found a while ago that had those same type of signature marks marks on her tongue and so that's how she knows what this is so that's definitely two days old so she ends up saying you know get get all the search and rescue get the dogs get the get the uh helicopters get the squad call everybody out So, (laughs) y'all, Jody, oh, Jody, she is on it. So we get this random scene of this woman who is disemboweling this wolf as she listens to the radio. And the disc jockey is talking, and then all of a sudden, the radio does something funny. She looks over in the open field that's next to her house, and she sees a guy who she knows by the name of Travis. And so she was like, Travis, what you want? and Travis just looks at her but never says anything now. I don't know if Travis is a spirit or what because Travis only got on his regular clothes. Like he got on the long sleeve shirt and some blue jeans. No extra layers, no coat, no jacket, no parka, no nothing, okay? And so then we go back to uh Davarez. She's arriving at the uh station. And the receptionist is telling her that she's got somebody in her office. Now, Davarez is Jody's character. okay? And so then the person that's waiting for her in her office is Trooper Navarro. Now, that's the same police officer that I told y'all responded to the incident that happened at the seafood joint. So, as soon as she comes through the door, Davarez is like, it's not her. And so, they get into this back and forth argument about... Um, a missing woman who I'm going to assume is her sister. She wants to see the tongue because she wants to know if that's the tongue of her sister or the lady that's missing. And so, Davarez makes fun of her by talking about her, did her spirit animal tell her to come over here and question her about this tongue? And so, she was like, honey, my spirit animal (laughs) eat old white ladies like you for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, chill out. So, um, ends up asking her why she wants to know anyway. Remember, you're not an officer anymore. You're a trooper. And if, if I'm not mistaken, you were thrown off of that case. So you shouldn't be trying to look at any of these files. So, um, she ends up leaving out empty handed, obviously with no type of answers. And Pete walks in. And so he's asking her, what file is she talking about? Okay, and so then she tells him to get the foul of any Naw talk. So I'm going to assume that this is the lady that went missing the, all those years ago, and I, I'm almost certain that that might be her sister as well. So just then she ends up getting a phone call from some lady named Kelly Gilliard, and she wants to discuss Leah, who happens to be her daughter. Now, I'm not sure how old Leah is, but... They also want to talk about another girl. And so we hear Kelly screaming at her that they need to talk right now because whoever this other girl is is 15 years old. So next thing we see is um, Davaris talking to Kelly. And then she gets back in the car and she gets on to Leah very badly because Leah decided to make a sex tape with Kelly's daughter. Now, again, I'm not sure how old Leah is, but Debra is tearing into her ass, okay? She is telling her, look, you have to think about the bigger picture. You're not going to be this age forever. Y'all are not going to be together forever. Just because you decided to make this sex tape now doesn't mean that y'all won't break up and she won't post that somewhere because uh, Leah was like, well, she didn't even post it. Like, we didn't post it. It was just supposed to be for us. Girl... Y'all are however years old. Y'all don't need to be making no sex tape. No damn way. Y'all are too young for that. But anyway, so as Daverez is getting in her ass, um, Leah puts on the attitude like this is nothing new. Like Daverez is saying all this, but honestly, she doesn't really care what Leah does. They have a really uh, contentious relationship so as they're arguing back and forth we see this car like rush past her and end up uh hitting like a pole or something like that they hit something and so she hurries up and gets out it wasn't her fault like she didn't hit this car this car just like sped past them and end up hitting something that was like right in their crossway so she gets out to go check on whoever this is and one of the um the uh people that's nearby ends up opening up their window and it's like, is that Stacy Chalmers again? Yes, it is Stacy. So Davarez, I feel like she took all of her anger that she had a, that she had built up towards Leah. She took it out on poor little Stacy. So Stacy, now she ain't no angel, okay, y'all. Stacy done had her license taken from her. She didn't had it revoked because. She's got enough DUIs for all of us that are listening. <laughs> Why is her ass not in jail? So, Davros is like, come on, Stacy! Like, you don't even have your license anymore. Are you drinking and driving again? So, this is pretty common for them, okay? And apparently, since they don't have sunlight anymore, a lot of people like to do all of this stuff that is mischievous, okay? Um, sinister stuff if you will because they're in darkness so i mean what can you do besides stay in the house and drink and then get caught up in some random stuff that you ain't supposed to get caught up in but anyway regardless of that stacy is upset and she's been drinking because her daughter does not want to talk to her but Deverez could give two f's about that okay she ends up telling stacy to get her hands up off her because i think she was reaching for her to try to like hug her so she could try to get somebody to console her she just down down in the dumps about her daughter right and so that was just like girl get your effing hands off of me put your hands up against the car Da-da-da-da. and so she ends up arresting her y'all and so i felt really bad for stacy although she shouldn't have been drinking and driving so she ends up getting back in the car with Leah and Leah is like oh yeah and by the way she's not 15 she's 16 as if that makes a huge difference y'all I'm rolling my eyes at both of them so Navarro ends up meeting up with a guy named Ryan who happens to be Annie's brother and she fills him in on the updates regarding the tongue that they recently found and so he's just like you know do we really have to go back down this Avenue because I don't feel like this is going to help any, it's still going to reopen up some wounds, and so she was just trying to triple check with him to make sure she didn't miss anything all those years ago. So she was on Annie's case all those what about six years ago? Um, but she ended up getting taken off the case so like she said she just wanted to make sure that she didn't miss anything and so then um he starts to go down memory lane and he talks about the water uh because the water had recently turned brown which annie would definitely be protesting against at this point and apparently annie was protesting against the mine the mining field out there so she was getting into it a lot with the miners out there and he was trying to explain to her within that last year uh that if they took the mine away then there would literally be no jobs available for the people surrounding the area and then you know the the taxes and uh, The money that's made from mining goes back to the community as far as like the schools and all of that stuff so you have to see how this has a domino effect if you take this one major thing away from us how this is going to affect the entire community even though you don't agree with it being here so he says that he was really upset at how their relationship ended on such a sour note, you know. But that was his sister and he loved her. Okay, so then uh, he ends up asking her does she believe in God? She says, she doesn't say, well she says yes but then we get this flashback of her when she was in active duty. She had, uh, went on a tour overseas and there's this flashback of one of her fellow soldiers y'all the soldier was missing a whole half of her face so yes she does believe in God so he was like good at least we not alone and she was like yeah we are alone and so is God okay so just then she ends up getting a phone call um, from one of her fellow troopers and it's her sister okay so her sister has called because she says that she believes that somebody was in her house although all of the doors and the windows were locked so she goes to check on her sister and you know she was like you know i'm sorry i shouldn't have called and then she starts to mention how she's nothing like their mom and so angie who is navarro she says no you are absolutely right no you're nothing like mom but sorry (laughs) y'all But we want to make sure that you're okay, okay? So if you're not feeling okay, maybe we should start considering some different options. And so she said, no, okay? You told me that there would be no hospitals, no nothing like that, okay? I knew I shouldn't have moved here. And so she was like, no, you're fine. I wanted you here. It's going to be okay. But we have to make sure that you're okay and you're taken care of. So I'm wondering if maybe she's got some type of hereditary Uh, hereditary type of psychological or a mental disability that's not the word I'm looking for y'all but y'all know what I'm saying so maybe her mom is like a schizophrenic or something like that and then maybe it's gotten uh, passed down to her so I'm not sure but either way I guess we'll figure that out later but for now She's okay, and Navarro just wants to love on her sister. Meanwhile, back at the station, <laughs> Pete and Davarez are going over the source of funding for the Taslov uh, station, research station, and he's telling her that majority of the funding comes from an NGO, which I'm not sure what that is, but... Before he could get out where the rest of the funding comes from, we hear Stacy, y'all. I felt bad for Stacy, but now Stacy seems to be going through the several different phases of being drunk. Okay, sometimes you have loud drunks, sometimes you got silent drunks, sometimes you got some to act out. She's a loud drunk, okay, and she's begging to go home like she's shouting that she wants to go home please let her out and she is drawing it out y'all <laughs> so she goes back there to basically tell her to pipe down when she spots hank finna get ready to let her out and so she was like what are you doing and he says i am you know trying to take the weight off of all of us okay i'm finna go ahead and drive her home and so she was like no okay she is still drunk, and just because she gives you blowies every now and then doesn't mean that I'm gonna let her just walk out of here under the influence. And so he was like, Well, you heard the man, okay, you gotta go back in there, Stacey. <laughs> and so Hank is telling Deverez, and for your information, actually, I have a fiance now. And so she was like, oh, she's one of those catalog bride, uh, catalog brides, right? And he was like, no, she comes from some place overseas. Basically, she is a catalog bride. <laughs> and he says that they're going to get married, in, uh, married for Christmas. And so she was like, oh, that sounds really festive. But for now, your girlfriend stays here. <laughs> and the last thing we hear is uh, Stacy talking about she want to go home now okay y'all i'm changing it up because these last names is gonna trip me up so y'all need to know that davers first name is elizabeth but i'm gonna call her liz okay and then uh navarro's first name is angie so liz ended up telling hank before he left the precinct to go ahead and hand her back those any uh cold talk files and so he was like dang i got that I didn't. I didn't remember grabbing that file. Oh yes, you did. Amongst other files that you grabbed when the flood happened. So I need that back. So he was like, "All right, cool. I'm. I'm not sure that I have it, but I'll look." Okay. So we go to Pete's house. Pete is talking to his son Darwin, who is a cutie. Y'all, he's probably about two or three years old, and he done drew this drawing, and he ends up showing it to Kayla. Okay, who is his girlfriend, significant other, spouse, I'm not sure. But that's Darwin's mom, right? So he shows Kayla the drawing, and it's of a lady. And she's got like all of these little red uh, lines coming from her body. And so he was like, what is this? Okay, uh, was he hanging around your grandma? And so she was like, yeah, she ended up telling him some stories from their culture. So Kayla and grandma are one of the natives there. And so he was like, you know, I guess he he's not too fond of Darwin getting told these stories by Grandma. However, he got off late. So she had no other choice but to leave Darwin with Grandma because she had to go do something else. So I think she had to go to work, too. So he ends up apologizing for being late. They end up kissing and making up. Um, she starts to basically uh give him a hand job and his phone starts ringing okay and so he was like I gotta take that and she was like oh no the hell you don't okay you off the clock and so the phone keeps ringing and he was like shoot Kayla I really gotta take this and so he ends up like kind of pushing her off of him and she was like you don't need to take that because that's nothing but Liz anyway calling and so he ends up taking the phone call and she asked him could he get that foul from Hank's house? Because I guess Hank is taking too long. And so he was like, no, nah, I can't do that. Okay. And so she was like, excuse me, uh, maybe I w- there was an issue with the connection. I thought you had told me no. <laughs> so he ends up going to his dad's house. And he tells this story about how Darwin wanted to see this picture of him when he was younger. And So he comes over under that guy's. But in reality, we know he's looking for that case file. So he ends up buying his time enough for him to sneak this case file out the window and lock the window back before dad comes in there. And But by the time dad comes in there, he knows that he done took something, right? So he was like, show me what you took. And so he ends up showing this picture of uh, him when he was younger. And I'm assuming that's with his mom as well. And so he was like, dang, I didn't even know I had that. Yeah, you got lucky. All right. So he was like, be careful out there because that ice is a little slick. I think Hank actually does know that he probably took that foul, but he's going to play like none the wiser right now. So over to the random lady's house. Random lady is now back in her house and she's like washing some dishes. She ends up seeing Travis again outside. And I'm going to assume that this is a spirit, right? Because she ends up going out there shortly after. She sees Travis again, and she's got a flashlight. So she's got her coat on, and she turns the flashlight on, and she starts to follow Travis into the dark. We don't know where Travis is taking her, but he's taking her somewhere, okay? So back at uh, Liz's house, Pete done dropped this file off, and he's asking her, is this related to the TASLA research uh, case, and so she was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not, okay, and so she ends up telling him that uh, Navarro, Angie, was on the first one to respond to the scene, and said that there was a, a crime scene reported about a woman who had gotten uh, killed on the edge of the villages, and so once she got there, she saw that uh, Annie had been stabbed 32 times with a blunt object that kind of resembled that had like a a star-shaped type of situation happening okay and so uh we know that angie is an advocate for all women and so the fact that annie got stabbed like this you know it she took it very personally and so she started pressuring all of the wrong people all of the big wigs and the big wigs took issue with that. One of the main ones was, I think she said, Katie McKittrick or Kate McKittrick or something like that. And so Pete is familiar with who this lady is. So this is one of the big wigs that represent the minds. And so since she was asking all of these questions about Annie, um, Kate basically had her put off the case. But at that time, um, Liz wasn't there, it was just Navarro and Hank. Okay, so Hank ended up putting her off the case. And then she also goes on to mention that they did leave the uh, detail about the tongue being cut out out of the press because only the killer or the one responsible or somebody that's that's part of that would know that the tongue was missing, aside from the police. So they're still trying to figure that part out, y'all. So that's why Navarro is so invested in this case and getting it solved so Liz then pulled out all of the information that she has from not only the missing scientist uh case but also from Annie's case right so she's looking at all of these different pictures there's some um mug shots from when Annie got arrested along with when she got you know assaulted and all of these other things along with some random photos from the scientists as well as like their actual information right so she's looking at them and then she finally puts on her glasses y'all y'all know don't none really make sense to her until she put them glasses on so she puts her glasses on and she happens to notice that in one of the pictures from annie there's a rip in her parka right but when she looked at one of the random photos from like when the scientists were together at the research center She noticed that one of the scientists, Ray, actually, had the exact same parka that Annie had. But the only difference between the two is where Annie actually had her rip in hers, like something had happened or something had grabbed her and tore a hole in her parka. In that exact same spot on Ray's parka is a smiley face emoji patch. y'all believe in coincidences i don't know (laughs) but either way she feels like this might be a connection between the two cases okay so put a pause on that so we meet with the old lady again now remember she doesn't follow travis out into like just the snowy wilderness right so she's following travis travis She stops. Travis stops in a particular spot and he starts to do like this ritualistic dance. I'm not sure, y'all. Okay. I don't know if he's tapping into his inner spirit. I I don't know. Okay. Remember, Travis is a spirit himself, I believe. So he ends up finishing his dance and then he shows her a direction to go in she points her flashlight over there and we're gonna put a pin in that so then we see Liz Liz has made her way back to the research center and she's going through there now everything was left exactly how it was lights on flickering and everything right so she's walking through there and I was like girl you didn't bring no backup you didn't tell at least Pete to come with you or Hank somebody so she's coming through there, y'all, and she suddenly hears a noise, right? So she points her gun and she she announces herself, and she tells whoever's there with her to come on out. Was well, Angie, and so Angie says that she don't know why she came here, honestly, but um, she felt like maybe she could find something. And again, we go back to girl, you are no longer uh, a F D or apd whatever the hell she said the, the alaskan police okay <laughs> you are a trooper so they end up going back and forth real quick and she asked uh liz why she's down there she was like i don't know maybe uh th- there's a connection between the two. Oh, so you were paying attention to that case huh you did find the foul didn't you so she says that she's going to give Angie this one time to walk around because technically she's trespassing, okay? And um, and so she was like, she's looking for, or she had mentioned some random items, but one of the random items that Angie happened to mention was a coat, right? And so she was like, hmm, that's what I'm looking for. So they decide to go into Ray's room. He's the only person with the room by himself and they don't find it they don't find the coat, but maybe he had it on when they went poof i don't know y'all so either way they start looking around and um liz is basically asking angie why she's still so vested in this case like Why are you still trying to figure this out? Like, you should let that go. It's been a cold case forever and a day. And Angie is trying to explain to her, this is one of her people. Like, she was a native. You didn't see what I saw. Because remember, Angie was the one that discovered or the the first arrived at the scene. And so we know that um, Annie was stabbed 32 times. And they had beat the brakes off of her. And so she says that after they had stabbed her, whoever did it, dropped her off. And then they had the audacity just to kick her. Like she's already dying or dead. Why would you kick her? Let's just add an extra insult to injury. Literally. So... She was like, no, okay, I, I need to see this through. And so then the argument began of if Annie was a white woman, then they would have probably figured this out a while ago. Um, They would have had everybody down here on the case trying to figure it out. But because Annie is a native, you know, now there's suddenly a lack of resources. We don't have everything that we need to finish the case. Which that's not the case all the time because... But unfortunately, (laughs) majority of the time still, that, that does tend to be the case. So Liz does bring in a solid point though. She does mention that when all of that was happening, she wasn't there. She was only brought in after Liz was kicked off the case. Okay, so you can't blame me for what's happening here. I'm not the reason that this case, this case ended up like it did. Okay, you had this case first. So then all of a sudden, they get a phone call. Well, Liz gets a phone call. And both of them end up going down to where the old lady was right because they found something so they get there and her name is rose and so liz was like rose what you doing all the way out here and so she says that she was following travis and um angie was like well travis is dead and she was like i know hmm the spirits are guiding us y'all what the spirit's trying to tell us so as they go over and join the rest of the crew y'all they point the flashlight down where (laughs) where we see three men frozen in the ice and the look of horror On their faces? I can't describe it, y'all. They look absolutely terrified. And that's the way the episode ends. (laughs) Y'all, where are the other five men? Are they also in the snow? Did they just not show them? I don't know, y'all. But it seems like this is going to be a good show. I'm super excited to review this one. But y'all let me know what you think, okay? You can reach me at me and you TV reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at My TV reviews podcast without the S on the N at gmail.com. Y'all, I love y'all, okay? I think I got... I had started on the show. I just haven't finished reviewing it yet. So we've got True Detectives. We've got... Um, we're going to be wrapping up Fargo pretty soon. As a matter of fact, mm, nope, I think it's like three more episodes. I think they got 10 episodes this season. Um, But we got True Detectives. We got Fargo. We got Fool Me Once. um, We've got Death in Details. It's going to be on Hulu. That's the one that I've started that I just haven't finished yet because I need to actually take notes for this first episode so I won't lose anybody or lose myself. (laughs) And then I actually want to do um, uh, this game show that I had saw on uh, Netflix. It's called The Trust. Okay, y'all. So, let me tell y'all something about Mo. Mo loves mystery games as well. Like, whodunits, um, betrayer type of situation. So, if y'all haven't watched, like, The Traitor on Peacock, watch that. That's pretty cool. I don't like it simply for the fact that they reveal who the the person is within the group that's supposed to be sabotaging the money. Um, they reveal that up front. But the trick is they have to go undiscovered till the very end to win the money. So that's the only reason why I watched that one. But it's actually really good. Okay, they got two seasons of that. And then... I've always been a fan of The Mole, um, even when, like, it came out in, I think, like, the early 2000s on ABC. So they rebooted it, and now a new season is on Netflix, which I think it came out last year, but they're supposed to be doing another season, hopefully this year. So there's a game like that called The Trust on Netflix, so I might be reviewing that one. And then, y'all, my friend made so much fun of me for watching this show. Um, but they have the entire season on YouTube if you get bored <laughs> the show is called who done it and it's it's like literally all together who done it and it's a really good show okay so if you ever get bored and you need something fun to watch it's kind of like a competition but it's a mystery go on YouTube and search for it You'll thank me later all right y'all that's all I have for now all right I love y'all. Please stay safe out there, depending on if I go to work later on today or not, um, because it's like super early in the morning. We may bust out a couple more shows today, okay? Um, But it's like super icy outside, very slick. So if you're on the east side of the country, the U.S., y'all please stay safe, okay? Okay we still got snow and ice coming all right but um yeah be safe y'all i love y'all and until we meet off the airwaves again i am mo and i'll talk to you guys soon bye